The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Legends Internet Podcast and Radio Show, the finest content on the interwebulous stratosphere. My name is Frank, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kara, Nick, Jenny, and we have a very special guest tonight. He's the post of the Paranormal 60 Podcast and Ghosts of Devil's Perch. We are uh, very excited to have on the show, Dave Schrader. Uh, thank you. Did you did you guys just hear like the internet welcome us? I'm pretty just, sure it I did. Heard, I heard you guys. I think so. I heard hello, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Your guys' show is full service, man. It, it it thanks the internet for allowing us to be broadcast. I don't. I don't. So. I know that didn't come from me. So, Dave, if it didn't come from that, you, uh-huh, it did yeah, not come right. from me. Okay. Who did you it come from? Who did it come from? Certainly oh. not me. I wouldn't know how to do this. Yeah, zero idea of how to work any of that stuff. Yeah, that's Thanks what I like. I feel like I'm in the hands of professionals now. <laughs> oh, I don't know how none of this works. <laughs> It'll be fine. That's what Frank's for. Yeah, I mean, I may not be attractive, but I'm certainly professional. I'll give you that, or I try to be. Stop. I think you're an alluring man, oh. especially in that Hawaiian shirt. Oh. Well, only only, only attractive men wear the Hawaiian shirt. I'll tell you that. Heard that. Heard that. Well, yeah. It's right. kind of a stab at your buddy down there. I don't <laughs> that's, think that's nice. He's used to it. It's, it's fine. Look at this. <laughs> All right. Uh, today, Kara's driving, Dave. So we're let uh, okay. Kara so, well, totally, I got to the Dave. I was. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we start this interview over? No. I don't ever like being turned over and I hear, oh, oh. oh. Well, I'm just going to start Frank Schrader. driving if it's me. What? I know. No, but that's I got not to the... see Dave um, at, at the prison, uh, Old Julia Prison, where I spend a lot of time. He was doing a couple of tours over the summer, a couple of investigations. And. It was just so cool, so fun to work with, and I went out on a limb and asked if he would join us on this podcast, and he graciously said yes, Um, and I just have to say, you know, watching especially the new show, Ghost of Devil's Perch, so much like going on investigation with him, you know, he's as cool in person as he is, you know, on the show, so... (laughs) <laughs> so I just well, really enjoy you. I enjoy watching the show because it is it is just like you know walking around investigating with you and I think that's really cool because we all do wonder right what is it like if we really got to spend time with these people and and it is just like it it's a fantastic show and it is just you know as nice as they are there you are in real life so uh, the only real difference yeah. is that I don't sweat nearly as much on TV as I do <laughs> in 104 degrees in Joliet 
in July. That would be the main. It was thing. very hot. It's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, it also has a smell to it that no one talks about. Oh my God. I, that was, I was slow, easy bake ovening myself to death while we were walking around. I know what it's like to be an oven baked pizza in Chicago now because of that event, but uh, boy, that, that Joliet prison is popping. I, you know, I've heard so many legends about it and rarely do the stories live up to the legends, but I can't say, and Kara, you were with me for a lot of it. There's not many places I could go that we weren't getting some kind of reaction. Something was getting our attention, live direct voice phenomena, footsteps uh, walking above us in locked off areas, uh, EVP like crazy, spirit box communication. Yeah. It was bonkers. Kara, do you get a lot of that? I know you're spending a lot of time there. Is that something that's normal or is that only when Dave showed up? Um, No, it's, it's relatively normal. Um, we don't, when we're just there, you know, during the day or whatever, we don't walk around, you know, okay. trying to get EVPs. We <laughs> just spend a lot of time there. But it's really normal for us to see, you know, I we can see things walking, we hear things. So actually, probably my favorite part just in these investigations was just all of that interaction. We don't usually do all of that interacting. So um, all the different methods with the other investigators and, and with Dave, all the different ways in the different areas of the prison. I, you know, I was actually telling Jenny earlier, it's, you know, it was so fun to get to kind of talk to them for the first time really, you know, really well. I, you know, um, we all know what I do. It's like getting to talk to a patient, you know, that was, you know, not talking and finally you get to know them. You know, you think, you think things about them. You think, you know, you get feelings when you're around, but to actually get those EVPs and get the spirit box communication, it was really cool to kind of get to know them. And there's some areas of the prison, they're funny. They were hilarious, you know, and just joking. So <laughs> I got the a kick spirits, out of it. The spirits were joking. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, yeah, we had um, some good attitudes and and polite and sometimes not so polite. Uh, I, I was just looking. I pulled up on my phone because what I'll do is I'll record a lot of my EVP. I've got the old Panasonic DR60. Oh, nice. And I'll pull it up and then I have to record it onto my phone because there's no jack outlet or chip to take out of the recorder. Oh. So I did a lot of um, a lot of recording with my uh, my DR60, then dumping it on the phone and trying to find some some crazy stuff. Uh, you get some attitude from ghosts. I could try to if you guys want, I could try yeah, to get absolutely. one here. We, this we, is uh, Greg from the hospital as we're trying to communicate. Let me know if this plays through yeah, for we, you. OK, uh, yeah. was it coming through can you hear it or was it too far out not especially but what i'll say Thank is if you want to send us uh anything that you've got evp wise maybe that one would be happy to put it on our okay. social media for the episode or i could cut it sure. into the show yeah. in post we could do that too yeah whatever works best for you guys uh yeah i had a couple of those that just came through we had such a very you know crazy activity and so many personalities of the spirits at Joliet prison. And then you've got the personalities of the people that were there attending with us in our, our very mm -hmm. first event. We had a lovely couple who uh, came along for the ghost hunt were obnoxious, drunk uh, oh, morons. Yeah, exactly. And uh, finally got booted out after uh, the ghost told him he should urinate one of the toilets at the prison <laughs> in the what? prison. 
yeah. So finally, finally, the, uh, yeah. the good people at Joliet had had enough, and they're like, "This this guy's got to go." He might have gone a little sooner if he wasn't like seven foot eight and fresh out of prison. Yeah, wow. he was. Who invited him? The heck? Why? Why would you go back? Why would you go visit a a prison once once you've sprung yourself? Yeah, right. Oh, he was with question. friends of his. You know, that kind of brought him with that come to a lot of these tours. Um, that first night, yeah, that was a big focus of the tour, really. A lot of us running mm-hmm. to kind of corral the whole situation. And fortunately, one of our volunteers is actually a prison guard for real in real life. So he was really good with him. And <laughs> so that's kind of honestly yeah. from that first night, that's about what I remember too. <laughs> just a lot Maybe of he that. was just Maybe it was just comfortable with the fact that this is a prison he could go into and leave at his own volition, right? You know, it's like playing Monopoly. You end up in jail, go directly to jail. That's that's a bad place to be. But when you can just visit, that's always the nicer corner of the board to cross over. So this was his yeah. moment, and he uh, he decided to pee in a defunct toilet. At yeah. He sure took it, yep. Yeah, he EVP'd right there in front of us. Dave, Thank you. Dave, Thank you're you. someone that Thank you, everyone. That was good. You've got a great resume, but we would love to hear about your, your more recent projects, the Paranormal 60 podcast and the Ghost of Devil's Perch. Can you tell us a bit about uh, what you're getting into nowadays? No, thanks for asking, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I uh, well, I've been the host of the Paranormal 60 podcast, which I launched at the beginning of this year. I'd... I had hosted Darkness Radio for 17 years and uh, launched into a new show just to kind of step away and try something different and and kind of at a different pace and speed for myself without having a a safety net behind me with a co-host and producer. So I just decided to strike out on mine. So I've got the Paranormal 60. It's on Mondays and Fridays live on YouTube. And then uh, the audio is fed out the next day to uh, all the major uh, podcast platforms. And then on top of that... um, I've got, uh, you know, a, a bonus episode every week that I do on Tuesday nights because I have a TV show on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus called Ghosts of Devil's Perch, where we were called to Montana, to Butte, Montana, to be specific, to help figure out what was going on with the supernatural uptick in their town. And it was uh, it was pretty remarkable. It's the fourth season of their fi- very popular series, Ghosts of. There was Ghosts of Shepherdstown, which is one and two. Uh, seasons one and two with Nick Roth and Elizabeth Saint, then Morgantown, Ghost of Morgantown that had Ben Hansen, Sarah Lemos, uh, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun uh, demonologist, and Katie Stafford, the mad scientist of the paranormal. And then um, then there was like a two-hour or two-two-hour, two-year layover because of, I don't know if you guys heard about this pandemic thing that what? hit part of the world. Oh, I'm not sure <laughs> no. if you're familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. But, Didn't affect uh, me at all. Yeah, nope. shut shut down the planet for a while. So by the time they came back to do the new season, uh, most of the cast from Ghost to Morgan City had wandered off into other directions. And uh, Cindy Kaza and I, uh, Cindy's a medium, a very talented medium, and she was on the TV show called The Holzer Files with me. We did two seasons, 23 episodes. And then they rolled us over into the fourth season of Ghosts of, which is Ghosts of Devil's Perch, um, because it sounds better than Ghosts of Butt, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's be honest. Right. I that I was all for it. Right. Uh, we. Go, I, I would have loved to see in the T-shirt that says "We've got ghosts coming out of our butte." Right. Um, so we wow, had uh, nice. we rolled over into that series and went there. We shot ended up shooting eight episodes of um, Ghost of, and now on Tuesday nights, um, 
I'll come out and do a recap episode. Our show airs every Sunday on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, and our fourth episode is coming up. Uh, so then Tuesday, we'll look back at the new episode, talk about some stuff behind the scenes that didn't make the episode, talk about what it was like to be in the midst of some of the activity that was taking place, and then we'll kind of sneak peek and preview what's coming up for the following week. So that's what I've been up to. And then uh, I love to travel and get to see amazing places and meet amazing people. And I go all over, I think this year alone, I've been to about 14 states and I'm heading to, I was in Ireland in June. I'm heading back to Ireland in October. I'm heading off to Scotland here in a few weeks. And then in February, I'll be off to Egypt. And I go with a lot of my listeners and fans of the TV and radio show and they come on out with me and we get to investigate. So if you have any of your listeners out there that want to take the next step and instead of just sitting by listening to other people's experiences and adventures, they can come with me to Egypt. And uh, we're going to get to investigate a couple of the tombs. We're going to get to investigate a couple of the pyramids and we're going to get to uh, investigate Howard Carter's home. And Howard Carter is the man that was responsible for helping to find King Tut's tomb. And that'll be the hundredth anniversary of the opening of King Tut's tomb. So it's going to be pretty remarkable, pretty exciting. Wow. I just, I just got super excited. Can I just say like darkness radio was one of my very first podcasts that I listened to because thank you. uh, God forbid I keep up with any kind of technology whatsoever, but uh, very first podcast, huge fan of it. Um, and then I started listening to, um, to your newer one and, and it, it does say in the description that it's a faster paced podcast and it absolutely is. It's, it's really great. And I'm Thank very you. excited about it. Yeah. We like to mix it up. We try to keep it to that 60 minute window. Hence the term paranormal 60. Everybody thought it's cause, Oh, Schrader must be 60 now. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> But uh, Friday nights, we usually (laughs) blow it out. It can be anywhere from paranormal 65 to paranormal 117. It just depends uh, (laughs) how the the show's going. I've got three other buddies of mine that are with me and will deliver the news, supernatural news from around the world and and just kind of have a nice time together. And we have guests that will pop on and do movie reviews or book reviews. Or we have a a feature called Paratunes where we play songs based on the paranormal from independent musicians out there. So we have a lot of fun, just kind of a, a neat little way to continue to do the things I like to do and meet people. And, and, you know, I get to go out to Joliet state prison where I'm at Kara and we got a chance to uh, investigate twice in this place with Chris Fleming and then Shane Pittman. And uh, just, you know, I wouldn't trade this life for anything. Nice. Well, maybe McRibs year round at McDonald's. That's the only uh, thing I would trade it for. But. Never going to happen. Never gonna hey, happen. Hey Dave, I had a question. When, Listeners come on uh, investigations with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they ever like bring their own equipment or is that provided? Oh, yeah. what, what type of equipment nope. do you use typically? I'm very basic. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I go in with a recorder. I really like to kind of be in the moment. I love to, I want to watch, look around, see what's going on, kind of get a vibe for the place. And I, mm-hmm. I just like the immediacy of EVP. So coming yeah. out and doing EVP work has always been the best for me. I think is that like a good way to start? Like, let's say you want to start doing investigations of your own. Mm-hmm. Maybe just try and catch some EVPs. Uh, just yeah. get a feel for where you're at. Maybe research some history on it. Exactly. I say the history is a very important part of it. Yeah. Uh, getting to understand who's haunting and why they may react or act certain ways. So we don't jump to the conclusion that everything is demonic. You know, even mm-hmm. when I was at the prison, I told everybody, you have respect for these spirits. Some people are of the mind, well, these are a bunch of dirtbag criminals. You know what? They were still human. And mm-hmm. and I always remind people, 
In our prison system in 2021, it is estimated that 30% of the prison population is wrongfully convicted. Uh, yeah, it's really so true. that think about that. 30% of the million plus people in prison right now are wrongfully convicted. So let's show some, some patience and time with these spirits because we don't know which one we got. We don't know which one was legit. I, you know, I can't say, Oh, this is John Wayne Gacy or this is Richard Speck. We kind of caught them red handed. We, you know, we might have Larry, uh, you know, who was in the wrong place at the wrong time and ended up being uh, arrested for the murder of his own wife. And, and he was out of town and somebody else did the deed and they just hung it on him because it was easier work at that time to to do that. So you show some respect and sometimes you get some really amazing kind of communication back and forth. But I like EVP most and, mm -hmm. you know, then some of the camera technology, some of the stuff, but, I, you know, some of the equipment's fallible, um, but I watch for things that kind of exceed expectations of what that piece of equipment can do when it starts reacting in different ways and multiple items are going off at once it starts to give you pause that maybe we're seeing something different we're seeing true activity of supernatural ilk and that's you know that's exciting for me so yeah i tell people bring your own equipment or don't just come and be the tool be mm. the one there i you know people get so focused on walking around with their little cameras and they're they're <laughs> now limiting their view scope yeah. to a four by four inch square and they're yeah you know, that's a, what i was saying like Joliet when you go prison to, yeah, yeah when you go to concerts they're all out there just recording with their phones they, they're not in the moment you know enjoying just being there so exactly like yeah just try to be it yeah now i'm the guy that's also recording part of the concert if it's a good song but i'm watching <laughs> the way up here. this is second yeah so i'm I just blocking yeah, I'm the jackass blocking the people behind me so they can't see. But at least I'm giving them a good shot on my phone so they get a nice clear picture. Oh, there while you go. I'm, uh, jamming to the band, but uh, Dave. Yeah, uh, I, that's a good start. I got go a ahead. really quick yes? question based on our conversation here. Before I forget it, do you prefer sure. an analog EVP or a digital? It sounds like you'd be an analog guy, like I would, like I am. You know, uh, I whatever works whatever i've got i have a panasonic dr60 that's kind of the holy grail in the paranormal world right it was a, a panasonic recorder it was one of the very first kind of dictaphone little recorders that were released for people to use in class and record their lectures school, yeah. but there's no chip to take out of it. and they didn't really have a way to transfer the data from that to the other you were just supposed to listen write your notes and erase um, and people started complaining about this recorder because they were getting voices or they were getting screams and they were getting very strange noises coming through. And, uh, that, you know, Panasonic first said, well, you're just getting, you're, you're getting the sounds of the motor and the things that are inside the recorder. And when that didn't, they're like, no, these are voices. Then they said, oh, well, it's not shielded properly. You're getting stray radio frequency. Mm. Well, when you're getting things screaming the Effenheimer at you or, you know, I, I don't know what radio station was allowing that to happen. So when we're getting direct answers to questions that I'm asking and we're in a location like a prison and we hear prison jargon and talk, you can't just dismiss that, oh, we're catching stray radio frequency. We're obviously getting something intelligent that we can't see what it is and how are we you know are we talking in parallel universes are we actually talking to dead people are we doing a time slip where this poor guy in his cell you know and i did that in i believe it was richard they believe it to be richard speck's cell on one of the first investigations at old joliet state prison and i was in his cell and i said hey i'm just curious uh can you see me or do you just hear me and the answer i got was both 
Oh, wow. So was I haunting Richard Speck's cell? You hear from a lot of these prisoners that their cells were haunted and that they had things visit them. And they always assumed it was the ghosts of their victims. Maybe it's us as we're paranormal investigating the cell later. You know, we always want to ascribe a haunting to the past. But I think sometimes, you know, you built this house. You created this house. It was in a cornfield. There's no death associated with the land. It wasn't part of the war area for the Civil War and no Native American plots. And what could be causing this haunting? Well, maybe you're just hearing somebody in the future redesigning your home. Maybe the footsteps you're hearing are echoes of your own footfalls. Maybe you're hearing things from your future. So that's that's why I said I'm still not exactly sure what we're dealing with, how we're dealing with it. Um, you know, some of the EVP we recorded there was sound like standard procedure stuff going on. You know, at one point, Chris Fleming is doing an EVP and he's holding it up as he's talking to everybody and he plays it back. And when we play it back, you very clearly hear this, what sounds like a guard voice processing in an inmate. Oh, wow. Right. So to them, it's just taking place right now. So were we tapping into a moment that was actually happening and we just, it it connected? I don't know. It's, Mm. that's why I love this. There's no one right answer i love that idea because they talk about that so much is like with cryptid sightings and things as well like those thin veils of mm-hmm. of dimensions or Separation, whatever it yeah. is that we're just seeing things um that are just kind of walking around in their own little world right you know, and just every so often glimpsing i i've never thought about that with with hauntings or or ghosts as well that we're just seeing something so thin that it could be the future that's amazing dave we're talking about the veil real quick do you think it's thinnest at uh three o'clock or no you believe in that does it adhere to uh daylight savings time <laughs> <laughs> You know, all right. Time is a construct. Tom, time is a construct that we created, right? Um, So I don't think so. But you know, I've got some that out there that yeah, that's the dead time, three a.m. And that's because it's the mocking of the Christ because Christ was crucified on three p.m. Well, who had a clock? You know, they're looking at their sandal on their watch. Yeah, it's three o'clock. You know, I don't. I don't know how that works. And and to say that it's a demon all the time or something dark and 3 a.m. is the opposite of this. And when you hear the knock and it comes mm-hmm. Say hi. in sets of three, I always tell people, do me a favor, close your eyes right now. Imagine yourself up at your friend's front door and it says doorbell does not work. Please knock. Now imagine yourself knocking. How many of us go? Yep. Everything's in a set of threes. Our brain yeah. processes things like that. That's why signs say live, 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 nude, 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 girls, girls, girls. Yeah, like I'm the only one that ever notices that. Stop it. <laughs> but it's it's a trigger. We 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 see and process things in threes. So I don't think that's necessarily the case. Maybe 3 a.m. is the quietest part of the day. Yeah. 3 p.m. in the afternoon is when things are hottest. So you're getting the expanding of the wood. 3 a.m. is kind of the coolest. So wood is contracting. So that makes what we think is footfalls. But now it's just the wood popping and settling as it's contracting again, creating a false narrative making us think that these are footsteps. Mm. Um, maybe at 3 a.m. there's not as much distraction from outside world of barking dogs and and vacuum cleaners and mm-hmm. and dogs with vacuum cleaners. You know, all that stuff has been removed. So now we're just getting straight silence. And that's when we start to notice things because at that point, 
it's the quietest part of the day. And, you know, so I think there's more of that being the reality than it's evil or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the veil is thinnest. But again, I don't know. I can't see the veil to tell, you know, I could tell when my daughter's jeans are too ripped. I can't tell when the veil is ripped enough. Right. So it's, it's a weird position to be in. We just, a lot of it's guesswork. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know that Kara has this huge list of questions we'd love to ask you. Just in case. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, I, you ask one question, I roll on for 10 minutes. I apologize. I'll slower roll and give you a quick, quick no, short bite answer. No, no, no. Keep talking. Frank, did you well, have one? Well, yeah, so I just wanted to say today. <laughs> Kara's got all these questions. And Kara. Yeah, Frank, you got any questions? That's the no, one she he had was prepared gearing first. up. Really quick. I just okay. wanted, it's more of a comment than a question. But uh, when, okay. we, when we started this show, uh, Nick mm-hmm. and I were the first ones out of our current staff that came on and uh, thought about taking it into a paranormal direction. And when, mm-hmm. when we did this and we started this, we really didn't know what we were going to make it into. But we did like radio. Nick and I in college listened to one show that inspired us to even do this thing. Nick, what was it? Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast AM. Yep. And, and Dave, you yourself, we know you're very familiar with it. So we, I just wanted to interject and say that uh, it was in a weird s- circle roundabout way. We're all kind of connected like that. And we, you know, mm-hmm. you inspired us in that way, uh, even though it, it may not have been. Like, obviously, maybe Nick and I haven't watched your entire online resume and TV stuff, but, you know, you're in good Wait, company what? here. Wait, <laughs> what? Oh, Frank, you son of a... Can we get those guys off? <laughs> Kara, right, you I'll, take uh, over I'll from here. Sign off. Kara, you're going to drive. <laughs> have a good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Now let's get to the heart of this. Me. Me, me, me. All right. <laughs> I organized my episode. Yes. Okay. Very organized. <laughs> no, so what real quick with Coast to Coast AM. Yeah. Listen, I fell in love with that as well. I used to drive home in Minnesota. I didn't have a radio in the house. I'd be driving home after bar time and I'd be listening to Coast to Coast in my car. Dr. Barry Taft talking about the entity case. Oh, Whitley Streber talking about his abduction case in his book. And just Ed and Lorraine Warren, all of these amazing people. And then lo and behold, in 2006, I launched my own paranormal radio show and i'm talking to these same people and i'm now friends with these people and then after a few more years i get asked to become a regular fill-in host for coast to coast which right. i did for five years and then sadly when art bell passed away and his final show midnight in the desert no longer had mm-hmm. a, a host i was asked to step in and i took it for the mere focus of i'm the only guy in the world that got to do art bell's first paranormal show coast to coast and his final paranormal show midnight in the desert. So it was kind of a cool uh, bookend for me. Uh, And, you know, I was with them for about two years and then stepped away just as they decided to sell the station and the network and everything. But I was out filming Holzer files uh, first two seasons. So it got a little hard to record darkness radio uh, midnight in the desert and film five days a week. So something had to go. And and I said goodbye to midnight in the desert, but yeah, that's theater of the mind. The radio is powerful. Yes. Those Mm -hmm. voices coming over in the night as you're driving and you're hearing these tales of black eyed children and (laughs) spirits and UFO abductions, Bigfoot encounters. There's nothing like that in the world. You've got to love radio for that essence because it allows your brain to picture these things better than any TV show or movie will ever do. 
Yeah. I've always found that there's like a huge connection. Like I feel more connected. It's like, oh my God, finally there is somebody who is, who is as interested in all of these weird things um, mm-hmm. as I am. And, and then, oh, there's more, oh, there's people who are professionals at this and, and all of that. And it's just like, that was huge for me with listening to, to darkness radio. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the weird one. Like a lot of <laughs> oh, Dave's much weirder. I like this. <laughs> I like this guy. And Dave, you you, you were on recently too, right? Uh, was it with Ian? Yeah. Ian Punnett. Yeah, I was on yep. about uh, three weeks ago, the, uh-huh. the night before my new TV show, Ghosts of Devil's Perch, launched. He had me on to kind of help promote it. And it was great to be back awesome. visiting with Coast to Coast and, and mm-hmm. getting to sit in and, and have a conversation with a good friend. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. So thank you. I appreciate that. Kara, you ready? And good night, okay. everybody. That's just suddenly... hey, everybody. Kara. No, <laughs> so cut you off maybe I missed it in the show, but how was Devil's Perch slash Butte chosen? So I mean in the show it says that the mayor called. Did, did really the mayor call? Or, yeah. or was somebody yeah, we like don't... the the towns? people the the mayor and the police chief i guess were aware of what had happened in shepherdstown and in morgan city and they said hey we've got a lot of strange stuff going on here we'd love to be a focus of one of your series and have somebody come out here and try to answer these questions for us because again when you're a cop right you're the mayor of the city your job as an elected official is to serve and protect and when yep. somebody tells you there's somebody walking around their home and you go in and walk through it and everything is locked from the inside and there's nothing you can put your hands on, nobody to cuff, nobody to mace, what do you do? So they called in uh, people that uh, who make it their life to try to detail and document and understand the supernatural, the paranormal, and that's what we do. So hopefully we're able to go in and give a lot of answers to the people in Butte and help them out. Um, you know, I, I think we're far from over. I hope we get another season because I'd love to go back. I think there's so much more to tell about that town. Now, how long were you actually there? Was it, you know, it's not three over months. The of- oh my goodness. Yeah. Three months. I was completely locked away in Butte, Montana. I got, I got paroled twice. <laughs> One was for um, uh, the New Jersey para unity conference. So I flew out to New Jersey on a Friday, did the event Saturday, flew out Sunday morning and was back to work wow. Monday. And then um, I had to do the Chris Jericho cruise. So I flew out and that was like a four day cruise. So I flew out the night before the cruise, got there, did the cruise for four days, landed, uh, you know, docked that Sunday morning and was back on a plane and flying back to Butte to uh, continue filming. So I got a total of like eight days off uh, during the filming and, you know, yeah, that was a lot of stuff. I mean, we were in there and I'm like, all right, how are we going to gear up for this? Within 36 hours, we're getting a panicked phone call that somebody's been attacked at the Clark Chateau for episode one. And we flew out there and sure as hell, there's a woman with her back Freddy Krueger open, not little oh, wow. scratch marks. She had gouges and uh, they were the, the EMT fired the police. Everybody was on site helping her out, mm-hmm. patching her up. And then we just kind of got indoctrinated that way. So it was interesting to see this and then get to work hand in hand with the people of Butte and, and learn their stories and their, you know, this, Next episode that's coming up, we go into a family's home that's dealing with the paranormal. The rest have been kind of public locations. And mm-hmm. now we're going into a private residence, which gets really kind of touchy because 
you want to do it right because you got to mm-hmm. leave this place. You don't want to poke the bee's nest and leave them with, with what's going to come next. You want to try to placate these spirits and hear what's going on so that you can help them feel at rest and at peace and heard as well, which I think is what the problem is with most spirits is that they just, they demand to be heard. They, they don't want to be forgotten to time in history or at least not in the way that they've been talked about. Does that, well, that's, get, that go ahead. Um, does that get, I would imagine that it would, but like incredibly overwhelming at times for you or your crew um, just dealing with not only like the living people who are dealing with all of this fear and, you know, disconnect and then, but also dealing with the paranormal and having mm-hmm. those sort of emotions. And what do you kind well, of, I, is there something that you kind of do to just, you, I don't you just know, have to try to be honest to yourself and to the people and the spirits and just, you know, try to work in everybody's best favor. Uh, I, we always say though, if a ghost is interfering we're there to tell the ghost story, to get their story right, to try to help understand why they're there. It's not necessarily for the family, although that's important. It's for the spirits. We want to be the voice of that soul so that hopefully they can move on, be recognized and move on. And sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it gets a lot more deeply rooted. I had a very emotional episode in episode three, Monster in the Mine. I tried an experiment I'd never done before, which is that Estes Gansfield method um, where I had uh, AirPods in my ear that were lined up to the spirit box. Then I had noise canceling headphones cans over my ears over that. I had they had cut ping pong ball in half and put half on each eye. So I looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs> and I'm just here to ghost hunt everybody. So stay out of my way. Um, wow. And I'm sitting there listening to the cries of the spirits and in the TV show, they show it for about a minute and a half. It was about a 45 minute session and it just broke me mentally and emotionally. I was bawling like a baby. They don't show the scene, but at one point afterwards, as I was standing there, KD is just kind of stunned in silence because he did not expect this reaction here. You've got a six foot one, you know, 280 pound man sobbing uncontrollably and our director stepped out behind the camera and just kind of wrapped me up in his arms and I lost it. I just, I was balling. Um, and he found, they both got me calmed down. Katie was nice and calm. And, you know, he had experience in the military in Afghanistan and Iraq and he's seen things and knew how to kind of get, get people back. So he was talking me down and, and the director was doing his best to placate me and get me breathing normally. And, um, but it was one of the most emotional paranormal experiences of my life. I mean, I did, I had a very emotional episode of Holzer files uh, when we came across a little girl who was looking for her daddy and she died from complications of diabetes. And my daughter that morning, I had um, been looking through my, my memories on my phone and there it was like three years to that date. We almost lost my daughter due to complications of diabetes. So I, I was very emotional that whole episode, but it wasn't, the same as this I, in this moment uh in the monster in the mine episode of of ghosts of devil's perch i heard what sounded like the cries of a thousand people just dying and there was nothing i could do for them nothing wow. yeah and it it just absolutely squashed my soul and it took a few good few days to just kind of shake off that first layer of the paranormal hangover but to this mm. date it still gets me i sat down watching the show we filmed that episode almost a year ago and I sit down with my family to watch the show. And as it's happening, I just start, tears start rolling down my face again. I'm doing my best to keep my cool and composure with my kids sitting near me. Um, 
but it, it was, I could hear the screams all over again. It was, it was pretty painful. I would imagine. Now, do you think they were all coming from the tunnel that was attached to the house? Like, is that, do you think they were coming from there? Or Stay tuned just- for more of Ghosts of Devil's Perch. Believe it or not, we continue to explore these stories throughout the next four episodes, five episodes we have left. So, uh, yes, we definitely believe that there's a tie. There's a, a dark underworld to um, Butte. And I don't mean just in the seedy, seamless gambling prostitution rings, but literally there are hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles of tunnels underneath the town of Butte. And you've got ore and copper, and it works like a phone line. And if these spirits are truly energy, are they just traversing the cabling of copper that's everywhere? Plus, there's underground water. There's just there's so much to that location that it just kind of spread like a virus. So I think it's it's truly one of the most haunted locations I've ever been because every place has a ghost story. Every wow. what the hell was that? Did you just hear the sound Sorry, of a child was, screaming? No, that was that was my dog. No, no it was a child screaming. I'm a paranormal <laughs> expert. I'm on TV. I know these things. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. And we don't know where it came from. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. Wow. Hey, the internet welcomes you, okay? So Yes. Welcomes you. I'm gonna put a Come on, up. Frank. Fess up. I'm gonna put a poll up and we're gonna let the listeners decide who they think that came from. We'll all right, all right. We'll see what we'll happens. Do that. I think it came from the internet that welcomed us. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> all right. So, what's my next question? Fire away. Let's do this. No, I was going to say. So, in Butte, like you know, do do all the residents just kind of agree? Yup, it's just haunted here. It just is. Or is this, you know, just some people think so? Mm. I well, everybody we encountered did. When I got, I was sent to the hospital in episode two. I thought I yes. thought my appendix. Yeah, I thought my appendix ruptured or that I was having a heart attack. And they rushed me into the hospital and did tests on me all night long, sent me out like four or five in the morning to go back to my hotel. And um, they couldn't find anything physically wrong with me. I, and then we uncover the fact that somebody had been killed right there. They were shot. Uh, and I think I walked into a place memory and I was very open and sensitive to this. And I opened myself up there. I'm not a medium or, or a, a psychic, but I'm obviously I have sensitivities. I've been steeping myself in these haunted places for 18 years and I grew up in a haunted house. So I feel like I've kind of opened up to a lot of it and um, dropped me to my knees while I'm in the hospital. I have nurses and doctors coming in. They're like, are you that paranormal guy that's filming a TV show? Let me tell you about my childhood home. Let me tell you about my neighbor's home. Let me tell you about this hospital. And they're telling me ghost stories from inside the hospital they work at. And it was really compelling and freaky. But everybody I ran into, you know, even some of the old timers, they'd kind of go show, you know, when I was a kid and then they would go into their story. So everybody seemed to have something to tell. Um, at least the ones that were willing to come up and, and interact or, you know, even like I said, the ones that seemed like they were about to scoff and throw up their hands at us, they would uh, do that. And then they would begin telling me their story. Now, how long did it keep hurting? That was one thing I was wondering watching the episode. So when you did get hurt, how long yeah. were you like, well, oh, this is bad. By well, the initial hit, that's why I thought something ruptured. And then what worried me is it started to, stop once I got outside and into the fresh air. And I'm like, oh, that can't be good, right? Because that means something ruptured and now the poison's coursing through my veins, right? From my appendix or whatever. Because I've heard that once it ruptures, 
yeah, there's no it. pain. And that's usually when it's doing its worst. Mm. So, and then I had to sit there and wonder, do I go into the hospital? I mean, COVID was running rampant and there were articles all over Montana hospitals are overflowing with COVID patients. Um, so now I got to go in there and I'm like, if this isn't a heart attack, if this isn't an appendicitis, you know, if it's just gas or some stupid thing that put me into this hospital, I don't want to contract COVID. And uh, I went in and thankfully, thankfully nothing occurred. Um, but the physical pain, it, it hurt through to my back for about three days. It was that kind of dull ache. Like I'd taken a, a really solid punch in my back that was now radiating to my sternum. Um, so it wasn't as tender, but it, it still had that dull ache. And then it just slowly went away. So within about a week or so, I was fine and had no after effects. When I think about it, it's almost like I can feel it again. Uh, the twinges of it, but uh, thankfully nothing long lasting. I had a question. So when you're like doing these investigations, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like an all day thing, right? It's you go in, you get a feel for the place. It's not necessarily dark out yet. Right. And you right. can feel this whenever. So well, people were experiencing paranormal activity in the day, in the evening, in the mid-morning. So, you know, we would go call in right after something happened. Some of it was very late night. Some of it was early. Uh, but we do our baseline just to kind of get Cindy in there and KD with the technician with the equipment to try to get a baseline. Is there anything, you know, we should be aware of? A, are they huffing in natural gas or is there some kind of um, toxin that might be in the air that, could be making them hallucinate and think they're having these problems. Uh, so we have to test all of that real quick. And then we kind of gather the next day with what we know. We contact Chris Fisk and his wolf pack, and, and he's the historian for the town and, and mm -hmm. one of the high school teachers for history. And his wolf pack are people from all different walks of life who are extremely good at digging deep. And then they would try to find as much info as they could for us. We would take the info that Cindy as a medium was picking up. And if anything of it aligned, in the story, that's what we stuck to. And we'd go mm -hmm. in and investigate. Richard Richard was shot in the cabbage patch. Uh, you know, he did this. Well, that matches up with what happened to Dave. It matched up with what Cindy was picking up on. We were getting the name Richard, and there's Richard Sims. So we would follow those breadcrumbs as best we could. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, I'll give you just a little spoiler, Kara, is that the fact that I feel like um, something was leading us from story to story because we weren't seeing the big picture. Uh, I think mm -hmm. they were trying to, they were trying to, give us a nudge without you know because we weren't seeing the bigger scale of what was really going on so each story kind of fed us into another aspect of the paranormal so that's you know that's kind of what we had going on during the entire stay and it was a one-two punch all the time you'd go from you know this type all of a sudden now we've got these dark shadowy figures darting around in somebody's home and we've got um you know poltergeist activity of cabinets and drawers just opening on their own and we've got screams we've got uh, handprints appearing on, on mirrors and the guy will go down and wipe them off and 10 minutes later there's handprints all over the mirrors again in different places so you know there was just a myriad of different activity that was taking place so it was really kind of interesting to try to break it down and and filter through it to get to the answers so in the show, we're really going in order. Like you went to, you know, mm -hmm. the Cabbage Patch second of all places, yep. you know. Ooh, yeah. okay. So that's fun. Yep. At least that's how I remember. I mean, we shot it a year ago. I, I remember <laughs> the places we hit. I don't remember exactly in what order, but I think that they, they're showing it in the order it happened because that's how the story evolved. Yeah, it would make sense. Mm -hmm. 
So well, that's and that's I'm really enjoying with this show too. I like the vibe of it. It doesn't feel like little excerpts, you know, that you're mm -hmm. showing up and everybody's reacting to really big. It's it kind of feels, you know, like you're telling their story. You know, it's it's you know a little like a documentary telling their story, but also the investigating. And I think it looks a lot more like what an investigation really looks like. It doesn't seem, mm -hmm. you know, so pieced together. It's just a really, right. I like the vibe of the show. It's a really cool, thank you. You know, way that does a lot of respect to, you know, the people, but also I think showcases you as investigators, not just little clips here and there. Yeah. So I really, that's what I've enjoyed so far watching. I would say that's a good point. I know that some of the content that's out there for the paranormal does this mm -hmm. thing, Dave, where it's like fast camera cuts and confusing audio to sort mm -hmm. of, it, as an audience member, you're you're sort of confused, and they they kind of play into that a little bit more to play up what's going on content wise. But you don't have right, to do well, that. which <laughs> makes sense because they're trying to give you at home a sense of how chaotic it can all be. And how do you do that? It's quick cutaways. It's music. It's it's putting you in that same kind of one two jab uh, that we're dealing with sometimes. Sometimes it's very slow, mm -hmm. and there, there's nothing happening. And then when it does, it is like choon, 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 choon. plus. Let's face it, people are kind of um, TikTok world now. Everything's got to be done in 30 seconds or three minutes or they get bored. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, TV has to make it flash. They're taking the actual story. They're just making it flash. And, you know, I've, people pick on shows that are overreactive, that are this or that or what they deem to be disrespectful. I give credit to every show that's come before us and every show that will come after us because they have to find a unique way of telling a story. And the and and let's face it, um, there are people that are going to tune into Ghost of Devil's Perch and go, "Why is this fat old bald guy the lead investigator? Aren't there any other good-looking young guys like Zach?" And then there are people that are tuning into Zach, going, "Why don't we have somebody that's more of an elder statesman that keeps his self together and you know, and is more like Jason Hawes?" And you know, they kind of people have different tastes, so you put out different yeah. programs with different flavors and and you either you know it means you're not just stuck drinking diet pepsi you got crush you got mountain dew sprite yeah. and water so yeah. choose what's going to be the thinking, flavor of the day for you i think for me it had a good balance but i think there's Thanks. something that's really good about what, what you're saying here and, and it's something that amongst us we always talk about how much we enjoy some of these more uh you know some of the the, the hammed up uh, paranormal stuff because ultimately mm -hmm. what it's doing is it's bringing an attention uh, to, to the whole thing. Right. And mm -hmm. any time that uh, we can sort of uh, bring people into the world a little bit, I think that's definitely a win no matter how you do it. So anything to get somebody's interest and, and you're right, different mm -hmm. uh, strokes for different folks, but you know, ultimately yeah. it, it sort of still accomplishes the goal. So that's amazing. Yeah. And we have moments where we're being funny and, and silly or we're running around like Scooby-Doo characters from room to room trying to fi find the funky phantom this week. But it, it does it fit with the with the tone of our show, right? Like, come on, buddy, let's get out of here. Okay, I'm out here, right? They don't, you know, that might work really good on do, a man. destination fear, right? That might work good on ghost adventures. But when you've got a 55-year-old host and... You know, the people involved in our, our show, an Iraqi Afghani war vet and this medium, we're not zipping around like that. So it looks, even though that's really how it happened, it looks weird. So they, they're like, well, let's just get to the meat of the story and yeah. leave some of the zaniness out. Um, you know, people, the, I love when people come up to me and they meet me at an event and they're like, man, 
I just thought you were a jagoff in person because you're always so tough and look really mean on TV, but you, you laugh, you smile, you're funny. And I'm like, well, they don't show that. Well, they should. And I'm like, no, they shouldn't. I was walking in the shadow of Dr. Hans Holzer. Yeah, the guy was very serious about what he did. So me being, you know, hey, 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 everybody, that wouldn't have done him service or his family. We had those moments where we could all break up and laugh together. And that was enough for me. Uh -huh. And then uh, same with this show. There were moments we had, uh, you know, and there were some moments in the original rough cuts of the episodes where there were some funny bits, you know, and when we get in the RV and we're driving to the Clark Chateau and I go, yeah, we just got a call from Sheriff Lester. Uh, he wants us to come to a place called the Clark Chateau. And KD turns to me and he goes, Chateau, that sounds French. And I just started laughing. And I go, that's all you've got for me? There's an attack at the Clark Chateau? And you go, sounds French. And he was just he was just throwing in a line because he was just like, oh, that's crazy. Because we're in Butte, Montana. Why is something a Chateau? This isn't a Swiss uh, village, you know? So it was just... It would, but it was funny because I started laughing and poked fun at him. He laughed back, but they didn't keep it in the episode because they didn't want us to be portrayed as like you know, yeah, definitely have to Abbott have and Costello, right? A consistency yeah. and demeanor. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that like when you guys are talking to people who have been like haunted or I don't know, is victims the right right terminology for it? I say experiencers. It just kind of okay. depends. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot that. of patience and, and um, understanding. It's really, it's neat to watch them sort of open up their story because I would imagine that sometimes they're met with a little bit of disbelief, but, right. but that's a special kind of skill. I think that, that you have there and, and mm -hmm. that's gotta be oh. really interesting for you. Well, we don't, you know, we don't always believe the stories we're told as well. We've got to dig a little deeper to get past it. You know, in the, I don't mean to keep throwing back to the Holzer files, but that was a great series. We did an episode called the devil in Texas, where we went after this case about this guy who was possessed in Texas, that Dr. Holzer tried to help thought he helped him. And then like 10 years later, reached out to check up on the guy and the guy killed himself because the overwhelming nature of what he was dealing with didn't go away. Um, and I was getting, so we had no case to continue to follow up on, but I just happened to have been getting emails from a listener, Lydia, uh, Lydia Bell, and she's dealing with very similar activity. So I said, well, why can't we take what we've learned from Dr. Holzer and apply it to this case and go help this woman? And they said, yeah, let's do it. And we went out and we, we helped. Um, but I looking at her photographs, listening to her story, she was an abused woman physically, mentally, sexually, and the images she had, scratch marks, bruising. I started wondering how much of this is maybe her disconnect from the violence of her own world. Huh. And was this demon that she was dealing with, was it something more coming from her? It was no doubt she was sensitive to things. And I think she was working like a battery feeding negative energies. Um, and we we tried to test, you know, and there was a scene. Uh, I don't think they go as deep into it, but I really got her riled up. And when it, when I got her riled up and was kind of yelling in her face about it, I'm like, let go. Tell me how pissed off you really are. And she screams. Our cameras started, independent cameras start flickering. The, the equipment's blowing up like nuts wow. it was crazy and and then we showed her look this is how powerful you are this is this is the wound you need to start healing you and and letting go of the the people that don't serve you to the to the 
you know, the, just the sadness that you've dealt with and, and she is now helping others and she's doing great. Um, so, you know, mission accomplished. We, we didn't, it wasn't that I was dismissing her story. I was just, I think she was misunderstanding what she was really dealing with. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Dave, we're, we're actually, uh, it's, it was, it's, it's going to be a fast hour here momentarily, but one of the things I really did want to ask you is, uh, what can any of our listeners or audience do to, to, to take the next steps and explore into not only the paranormal, but maybe how can they find you and follow you a bit further? Well, first of all, if you want to get into the paranormal and you want to know if you want to do some of these weird, darker experiments, I recommend Cindy Kaza um, and Sarah Lemos, uh, who is in Ghost of Morgan City. They both have classes that they teach on mediumship. And I think it's a good idea to dabble with that first, to learn how to effectively protect yourself, how to connect and how to turn it off how to do these things so that when you go in and, and you start being affected, you know how to help ground yourself before you put yourself in a dangerous position. So that would be my first uh, line. Second line would be, I've, I co-wrote a book called The Other Side, A Guide to Ghost Hunting in the Paranormal, and not just toot my own horn. I tried to make it as easy a read as possible. Um, and it's available on my website. If you go to Paranormal60, that's Paranormal60.com and click on the shop you can scroll down on that page and you'll see my books that you can order a copy of, but maybe I, I always believe in education first. Don't just throw yourself out into the field because that's how people end up with attachments or getting hurt. So educate yourself, you know, talk to people, check out these mediumship classes. They're not expensive. They're, they're great ways to kind of break in and understand. Even if you don't feel you're a medium or a psychic, it's a good idea to do this and, and explore this element of what we do. Um, so that would be my my opening statements. And then uh, you could follow me Mondays and Fridays live on YouTube at the Paranormal 60 YouTube channel. Uh, I do the show 9 p.m. Central um, live. And uh, we have great guests on Mondays. Fridays, we do the Supernatural News. Tuesday, we do the recap episodes of the Ghosts of uh, uh, Devil's Perch. Um, and then the audio is fed out to a myriad of different podcast platform so they can find it the next day. And if you do listen, please rate and review it five stars only and really nice comments about me because I'm very sensitive and I will break if you write mean things. Um, but if you could do that, that'd be great. And then watch ghosts of devil's perch. And I'm going to, let me leave you with one other quick tip to save your favorite TV shows with all of us here show of hands. How many of you have you binge watch a show once it's over and everybody, you know, loves the show. You love the show and it ends up getting canceled. Show of hands. How many people have had that happen? Sure. Right? 100%. Here's what happens. Because we all want to watch it when it's all. We can boom, 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 boom. What you don't realize is that kills your favorite show. 20 million of you could tune in after the show is done, and it does no good. The only thing that counts to the advertisers and to the networks is in the first 24 to 48 hours. So if you can turn it on, watch it. If you know you're not going to be able to watch it and you want to go back and binge it, at least turn it on while you're doing the laundry and mowing the lawn and let it play. And then when the series is done, go back and binge watch them all in order. But let them let your voice be heard in that first 24 to 48 hours for any show you love, especially mine. But uh, make sure that you watch the show in order to save the show. All right. All right. So that's an important huh. lesson that will hopefully save all of your favorite programming in the future. <laughs> all right. What we like to do when we close is we like to have a final thought by, from every one of our hosts and uh, you know, we'll give you another chance here to have one last closing thought. Uh, Jenny, do you want to jump in and have your closing thought first? We can come uh, back Yeah, you. absolutely. Uh, just over the moon to be um, 
talking to you. Um, big fan and, and really a, a admire of what you do, especially like with the helping people and helping people let go, you know, um, that's, you brought some interesting points up and I like, like what you've done here, sir. I like what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Nick, how about you go next? Yeah, Dave, I just, I'm really glad and I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to spend it with us. And I'm going to start watching more of the shows that you have. I heard you a lot in audio in the audio format. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to take your advice and put it in my vote to keep the show going, you know, and I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Kara? Thank you for coming today. I'm so glad I got to know you and I hope I get to see you next summer. And I'm so excited for the rest of the season. Um, Thank you. We all, we also have a listener here, uh, a person 291 who would like to say hello. And uh, they're going to be uh, tuning in to some of your stuff here. Um, awesome. My final thought is what I'd like to do is, first of all, thank you for coming on. Uh, we have sort of a little rinky dink show compared to your resume. But uh, I was hoping to get your um, permission to do a book giveaway of your book. I'll, I'll buy it with my own money. And what I'd like to do is, if you're up for it, I'd like to gather some questions from different listeners from our audience. And whatever you decide the best one to be, you can answer in social media. And then I'll give them a copy of your book. Sounds good. Sounds and good. I will give you a copy of my book free to give oh, to them free. That is so nice. Oh. Of no. Thanks, Dave. I know. I'm, Thanks, I'm pretty Dave. remarkable. <laughs> All right. You are. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with before we sign out? You know, this is um, suicide prevention month, and I do want to leave people with this thought. Many of us spend our lives focused on death and focused on what comes next. And many people out there are fighting a battle. I've been fighting it my entire life with depression and anxiety. I'm going to be 55 this November, and I want you to know you can get through these things. You're not alone. And it's not a shameful thing to reach out for help. So take advantage of the life that you've been given and make the very best of it. And in those hours of mourning when you're missing somebody and you feel like your life is no longer worth living because that person is gone, that's when you need to live the hardest because you've got to honor their life. They wouldn't want you to fall apart and go with them. So make sure that every day counts and that every experience you have, you are now having for two of you. So please live a life like that worth living and enjoy what you have and realize you're not broken if you reach out for help. That's a sign of strength. Stumbling is part of life. What uh, defines us is not the stumble. It's how we get back up and brush ourselves off. So I hope for you and all of your audience around the world that they find a better way of living and a better way to live a life that they can be happy with. Some amazing words. Thank Um, you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you for telling a friend. Uh, We look forward to uh, everybody sending in their questions. And from all of us here at the Late Night Legends, and I think Dave, too, we wish you a very good night. And uh, have have a great one. And uh, check us all out. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 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 All right. So we're officially done streaming.